Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Alison Hill, State Chief Investment Officer at QIC, and each week we invite our listeners to take 10 and to get an update on economics, markets, and other topics of interest for institutional investors. Each week, I'm joined by QIC's Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Hello, Matthew. Hi, Alison. And uh, if I recall, I was complaining about the weather last week, um, but boy, is uh, summer hit with a vengeance up here in Brisbane this week. It is hot and steamy. That is true. That is true. But last week also, Matthew, you gave us some signposts about the RBA outlook. Now, (laughs) two of these signposts we've had data for during the week. So we've had wage data and employment data. Annual wage growth came in at 4%, but the quarterly wage growth of 1.3% was the fastest rate we've seen in this series going back 25 years. What is a surprise for you, though? Well, the weather wasn't the only thing that's been hot. I suppose it's one way of looking at it. No, actually, no. Look, those numbers were in line with our forecast. So no, it wasn't a surprise. But you also said the ingredient for another rate hike would be wage growth north of 4%. So this is pretty much on the borderline. Was there anything in the details that make you so relaxed about this outlook? Uh, you're not going to let me get away with that uh, no. answer, are you? <laughs> no, look, the thing that we've got to understand is that the current rate, particularly that quarterly rate, was pushed up. Uh, by a number of one-off factors, including, if you recall, that aged care worker pay rise and the minimum award wage increases, which themselves have been high uh, because of high inflation rates. Now, that 15% lift in aged care wages, that's a one-off. And the minimum award wages, you know, those increases, they won't increase at the rate that they did in the September quarter going forward as inflation's already abating and coming down. So I best guess at where wages will go from here in terms of that quarterly rate will be at a much slower rate. It'll be sub 1% quarterly growth, which annualises up to just below uh, 4%. Um, All right. So so no catalyst yeah. breached yet? Not yet. You know, it's so far so good. Good news on that one. So employment data, And October was a cracker, 55,000 jobs added. So even though the unemployment rate still managed to nudge just only a tiny bit higher to 3.7% from 3.6%, does such a strong employment number make you worried about the labour market running too hot? So your labour signpost was the ongoing increase of the unemployment rate, which you got. But does this strength in the unemployment numbers give you concern? Well, ordinarily, uh, Alison, you know, a jump in uh, employment of that size would single a very strong economy. And that would be of concern from a monetary policy perspective. But, you know, those monthly labour market outturns have been extremely volatile of late. So that 55,000 is coming off almost flat outturn back in uh, September. And it's really been shifting around on a month-to-month basis. And, you know, you've got variations in the migrant intake, which itself is running pretty hot at the moment too, that is sort of you know, affecting those monthly numbers. So what we tend to do is rather than look at an individual month is step back and look at the trend. And when you look at the trend rate of employment growth, that slowed from around 40,000 a month at the start of the year to below 30,000 now. That is the trend rate. And so that's signalling this gradual easing in terms of employment growth. Now, that trend slowdown in in employment will continue going forward because we know that we're coming into a period of weaker growth. We've already got the signals and the signs of that already happening. So we we do expect the the trend slowdown in employment to continue. The market, the labour market isn't quite as hot as what that last number suggests. Now, Alison, given 
that the unemployment wage forecasts were largely anticipated by ourselves, but not just us, of course. I can't take credit for that. On my lonesome, you know, most economists uh, anticipated those numbers. Was there much market reaction to the Aussie data? No, Matt, the market's still really pricing the RBA to be on hold through the end of 2024. Where there was a shift was in the Aussie dollar. So that's shifted up a gear from around 63.5 US cents to the dollar to around 65, before now settling to around 64.5 cents. So a bit of move there. But the catalyst for that was more about the week CPI data that we had uh, during the week as well, where we saw prices stalling a bit in October, leading to a core inflation rate down to around that 4% level. So that was a bit better than what the market expected. So that's given the market some some solace in relation to US rates, uh, mm-hmm. which has in turn um, had that flow through to the, some of the currencies. So what I think is interesting leading into that US rates narrative is that in contrast to the RBA, where we're seeing things being steady through to the end of 2024, we've now got the US market having repriced 100 basis points of cuts through to the end of 2024. So a pretty Mm. significant Mm. series of cuts and quite a big shift over the last couple of weeks, which is based around this softer data that we've been talking about, Matt. So really quite a big move. And I did want to ask you, what what impact does that have on your outlook? Yeah, well, it's important that you pick that up, actually, because that is, you know, one thing that I probably dropped out of my signpost that I should include, and you've alluded to it, is that differential in the path of, of the Fed funds rate to the RBA's cash rate, you know, with the, the reduction of 100 basis points in the Fed funds rate versus nothing in the cash rate. So that narrowing of interest rate differentials is really important to the outlook and we, we should include it, you know, when we do our updates on the signposts. So, you know, really what that means is that by the Fed cutting rates at a time when the RBA is on hold will mean that the Fed will do a little bit of the work on inflation on behalf of the RBA through the effect of that on the exchange rate, which you correctly pointed out, sort of kicked higher, nothing to do with our domestic data, everything to do with the US CPI outturn and the re-rating that's going on uh, for the rate outlook in the US. So as I said, those rate differentials between the US and us, as they decline, you know, pressure will continue to build on the Aussie dollar, which should push towards 70 cents over 2024. And that appreciation of the dollar, which reduces the cost of imported goods, will take some of the heat, you know, particularly those imported goods, Alison, that are denominated in US dollars like oil and petrol. That'll take some of the heat out of uh, our domestic inflation. And it will mean that you know, the RBA will be able to stay on hold. So perhaps we need to add another signpost, that is to see the dollar continuing to shift higher towards 70 cents over over um, next year. Well, that's a pretty big call, Aussie dollar up to 70 cents, but I like it if uh, for anyone, any of those people who are looking to go on a holiday or do some online shopping over Christmas, a, uh, <laughs> a stronger Aussie dollar is always very helpful there. But now, I'm trying to of... talk up my own book, so given that I'm <laughs> planning a trip but, myself. But turning that round a little bit, so if we think about the inflation outturn, that's really shifted your expectations as well, Matt, for rates in the US? Well, not not really, because we've been expecting this fall in the US inflation to continue over 2024 and for that interest rate gap is Australia narrow. So again, you know, it sounds a little bit self-serving, but at the moment, you know, the domestic and the international data seems to be panning out reasonably in line with, with our expectations. So, so far, so good. With respect to the data outturns, our forecasts and the signposts, Alison. Uh, All right, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. If we can manage to, you know, glide down in inflation and keep rates lower at the same time, which has really been the focus of the RBA, and they have had a different strategy to many of the other central banks. 
I think that'll be a great outcome. And and certainly if we can, again, if the, from a global markets perspective, if the US does achieve that soft landing, that's also a positive. So definitely some signposts to keep watching. Matt, thank you very much as always for joining me in a great discussion. And thanks to our listeners for taking 10. 